the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. Good to be with you today. We are each and every day from 3 to 5. Hope you're out there driving safely in the rain, the atmospheric river that is passing over us again. I think before this year, I had never heard the phrase atmospheric river. I think it's one of the things we make up, right? And what happens when it's a lot worse? Do we have to call it something else? I think soon we're going to hear about it's an atmospheric tsunami. Anyway, uh, I hope that you're being safe. I realize there's a lot of different challenges that we're facing out there with the snow in the mountains getting melted because it's a little warmer and some of the lower levels and other things. So praying for you. Hopefully everything is is going to be okay. Everything will be okay because we trust in the Lord, but I want you to be safe today. Hey, a uh, big thing happened in the news, big story of the day. Russian shoot down an Amil- American military drone over the Black Sea. Now, a Russian fighter jet colliding with an unmanned American drone over the Black Sea, causing that drone to crash. And so the the drone crash, here is Courtney Cube on MSNBC who explains this. So there were two actually Russian fighter jets, they're SC-27s. They were flying near this MQ-9 Reaper drone. As you said, Chris, that's an an unmanned surveillance drone for the U.S. military. Uh, The U.S. says that this was over international waters or international airspace in the Black Sea. These, These Russian jets, according to the U.S. military release that came out of U.S. European Command, the Russian jets were flying close. They were making, they were conducting some unsafe maneuvers, and it, at one point, at least one of them even ju- uh, dropped some jet fuel on or near the the U.S. Reaper drone. And then during the course of what the military, the U.S. military, is calling unsafe and un- unprofessional actions, one of the Russian Su-27 jets clipped the propeller of the the U.S. Reaper drone, causing it to nearly crash, according to a statement from the head of U.S. Air Forces in Africa and Europe. And then the U.S. was forced to down that drone in the Black Sea. So there you go. And, uh, you know, it's a concerning thing because we don't want that war to escalate. And that is a big subject that is, is going on. And I think we need to think about this. It's caused me to think a lot about what is reality. And maybe that is a good subject for today. Sometimes we don't know what the reality of situations are because we don't know all the details. We don't have all the information, right? You have to make the best guess. That's why you want the truth, by the way. Whenever you don't get the truth, whether it's from a friend or whether it is from the government or the media, whenever you don't get accurate information that causes you to look at reality through a lens that is not really reality, all right? It's not really true, and we need to know that. And sometimes wars are begun and escalated because of mistrust, because of bad information, and because of lies, because of other things going on. I think this is something important. This isn't to scare you, but I think that we should pay attention. Uh, Brigadier General Patrick Ryder was asked today at the Pentagon whether or not this was an accident or whether or not this drone was deliberately brought down. This was his interesting reply. Um, so 
you know, we are uh, continuing to assess exactly what happened, but I think um, based on the actions of the Russian pilots, it's clear that it was unsafe, unprofessional, um, and I think the actions speak for themselves. Um, what we what we saw again were, were fighter aircraft dumping fuel in front of this uh, UAV, uh, and then getting so close to the aircraft that it actually damaged the propeller on the MQ-9. Now, I'll tell you one thing I'm glad about. When I thought when I heard about this, I thought, thank goodness it's a drone and not a manned aircraft. Could you imagine if this was, you know, one of our planes that uh, got brought down by a Russian plane? We would be very close to actual war. I think that, you know, if it's an accident or if it's people being irresponsible, hopefully there are cooler heads that will prevail to pull it back. But, you know, loss of life. If you have that kind of thing go on, it is something that escalates very, very quickly. This is something that we need to pray about. What are your thoughts about what's going on over there? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join the conversation. 888-528-2557. You know, I have been thinking about this because I'm concerned just about the direction of what's happening over there. It's been a year, right, in Ukraine, and the Russia invading Ukraine was just bad. It was a very grave situation from the start because of the pressures it puts on NATO, the pressure it puts on the United States, the international community, because of Russia being Russia. You know, this is a lot different than Iraq invading Kuwait. It is a lot different when you're talking about um, Europe and the Russians who have nuclear weapons and when you're talking about their relationship that appears to be growing now with China and uh, other people, I think that these things matter quite a bit. I think that it's always been very serious and uh, you have, I'm not sure that we have a really good, a really good clear policy, at least what's been stated as far as what's happening there. And it seems like it's bad either way, right? They had a bunch of Republican candidates were asked, you know, what do they think about Ukraine? And they don't agree. Some think that what we're doing is right. It needs to increase. Some uh, downplay it, think that we need to negotiate for peace and bring a stop to it. And and there's pros and cons to each side of it. There is a lot of history that would support doing one thing or the other. But it is, it's not a good situation. So can I ask you to be in prayer about this, to be in prayer for our country and our leaders? This is one of the reasons you got to pray for our leaders because they have to make good decisions here. It really matters. Uh, and, and the thing is, is that if you want a different leader, well, we're not going to have a different leader for a while. You know, if you think that there are leaders out there who might get elected in future elections who will handle this differently, or if you like a particular candidate because of what he or she is putting out there, you know, you got to uh, realize that that person right now can say whatever they want and it has no real impact on what actually is happening. The leaders we have are the leaders we have. The commander-in-chief we have is the commander-in-chief we have. And whatever you think of him, you got to pray he makes good decisions. And I, I tend to think somewhere behind the scenes, I think there's there's obviously a lot of politics, but sometimes I think that behind the scenes, hopefully our leaders are are dealing more in reality than what they say. They need to just say what they think is true. Right, they need to just come out and be frank with us. I don't think we've had that uh, for a while, in in a way that I don't know that makes me comfortable. I feel like the American people can handle bad news. 
what worries me about war is I think that you know, war is bad anyway. But have you thought about this? Have you thought about a war, what that would mean if we were actually to war with China or Russia? Uh, that'll be different. You know why it'll be different? Because the war will be here. Not like recent wars, Middle East wars and Vietnam and Korea, where we send everybody over there. Old wars, World War One, World War II. Uh, we're in an era of missiles. We're in an era where submarines can get 13 miles off the coast, probably uh, not even that close they need to be, and uh, fire at us, right? 13 miles off the coast, and they're in international waters. This is a completely different world than anything we've ever seen before. And this isn't also to, to worry you, but I think that there is a, a sense of reality that we have to have, particularly as Christians. You know, the Bible tells us to be sober-minded about things. It's not talking about not drinking. It's talking about being able to have the, the wisdom to sit back and consider what is the reality. Uh, we live at a time when reality itself is you know, kind of being uh, attacked right? What is, what is reality? When you have a world where people are saying you can have more than one truth about different things, uh, it is, it's a significant thing, right? Reality, if you were to try to define it, you know, I would say that depending on, on a few different things, but most definitions of reality would be the idea that reality encompasses everything that actually exists independently of our own perceptions and interpretations. Like there is a reality to what's happening in in Ukraine with our policy over there, what's happening with Russia in Ukraine. There is a reality that has something to do, that is true about the conversation that's going on between uh, the Russian president and the Chinese president. There is a reality of what that conversation was about that happened last week when they got together. And it's troubling because these are adversarial nations to us. There is uh, a reality going on where President Biden is in Southern California right now and uh, yesterday's in San Diego, and he's talking about submarines. And he's talking about the deal that we made with the uh, UK and with Australia to supply Australia with nuclear-powered submarines. And the reason for that is because of China's influence in the Asia-Pacific region. region. The reason that Australia is saying, hey, we want submarines, there's a few different reasons for it, but it's because Australia is beginning to feel threatened by what China is doing. We put more troops, albeit a small number, but more troops going into the United States, troops going into the Philippines. You know, there is a geopolitical thing going on that maybe we get distracted with the politics of right and left, but there's a lot going on and we should pay attention to that. Uh, certainly it's, um, you know, building submarines for the Australians is something that helps us. Uh, the president was pretty adamant yesterday about the fact that they're nuclear-powered submarines, but they're not carrying nuclear weapons because the Australians are against it. Um, but I wonder if that's even true. I wonder if that's the reality, that they're not carrying that kind of uh, weaponry. They're, they're obviously carrying some. Hopefully they're carrying some. We're not just floating around some empty, uh, you know, unarmed submarines. Uh, China will get word of that and then not worry about it. It's a scary thing to, to be thinking about all of these things. 888-528-2557 is the number. Uh, Ted in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Yes, sir, Scott. Ted, City of the Angels. Uh, I just wanted to comment on it. I mean, it's not. It's basically a repeat. I mean, the Vietnam War, we know they had Russian MiGs. They were shooting down American warplanes. I think we lost uh, at least, I think, a half a dozen in one day. So they denied it, but we know their involvement. So... You know, we have to be very careful and, you know, pause and agitated. 
and we don't need to, uh, you know, like, you know, it's like hurry up and wait. You know, we don't need to react until we have everything, all our ducks in a row. And, you know, if somebody throws some sand in a sandbox, you know, you don't drop a nuclear bomb. You have to pause, you know, yeah. and make sure everything is correct, you know, and, and trust your military commanders, you know. And, and that's where I think but, we need to really pray for them because we need to make sure that we don't escalate. right that's one of the things and you know there's a reality that there is such a thing as the fog of war you don't always know reality there's a reality that governments aren't going to tell us everything there's a reality that we know governments have lied about what they know for one reason or another right they're they're also i'm sorry go ahead uh uh, at any rate uh i mean and and i believe that was a smooth move, move by biden you know i mean you know, we have to give credit where credit is due because, you know, like Jesus said, you know, um, a house divided will never stand. Yeah. And presently, presently what's going on, you know, we have two different sides and we know Trump is going to divide whether he's right or wrong because there's people that don't like him. You know, we need somebody right down the middle that's going to go for truth. You know what I mean? Well, and whoever uh, it is, we need them to be to be right, like correct. Right. That Amen. is that is what we really need from any leader that we have now or that we're going to have is they need to be correct. They need to have the wisdom to correctly navigate the realities of the world and geopolitical tensions. Uh, otherwise, we are going to find ourselves in a war. And it could be just the fact might be that war is at our doorstep anyway. We've got a spy balloon flying over the country and we've got military buildups everywhere and these these joint uh, conversations happening. I mean, that's something that we have to face. Absolutely. And, you know, my father, he, he did, he did not choose Trump. He chose Ted Cruz, you know, and Lion uh, Ted. <laughs> yeah, Ted Cruz, Ted yeah. Cruz. I mean, T, uh, TNT for the presidency, you know, he, he's my running mate if I ran with anybody. And, uh, and I really love, I, I've seen his passion. I've seen his heart whenever he speaks. Maybe so, your dad likes Ted dad, Cruz because his name is Ted. Oh, Ted. Oh, well, well, no, my dad passed four years ago, oh, okay. but his first choice was Ted Cruz. He reluctantly went with me and my brother for Trump because we were all very excited about it. Um, I'm not here to, to be a Trump basher. I mean, we all have good things and we all have bad things. You know, none of us are perfect. Um, uh, Trump will reveal what he did for the world in times to come, but he has a wife and kids. His kids have taken a lot of hits. I think he needs to go home to his wife. Uh, and like you said, I, I think he needs to get out of politics and allow somebody younger to step in. Well, all right, Ted. Thanks for your call, for calling Southern California right. Live. You know, I think that uh, you know, people are going to have a lot of conversation about Donald Trump and uh, everybody else running for president. But the fact of the matter is none of those people are president until January 20th, 2025. Uh, whoever it is, or President Biden, who I don't think is really going to run, that's my opinion, but uh, he could and get reelected, and he's president until he's 86, if he lives that long, in 2028, right? So we have to focus on what's happening now. Two years, it's, it is two years before the potential of there even being a new president. That's a long time. So a lot of that conversation that you're going to have, and there's politics of it, right? They're, they're, Trump and DeSantis are going against each other, and DeSantis and Trump are kind of on the same page with, although not entirely, with Ukraine. And then Nikki Haley and some other people are on a different page. 
you know, all of that's important conversation. It's important to pay attention to, but we also have to realize that right now their words have really no impact. They're not in charge of anything. Uh, they're in charge of, you know, their state or whatever it is that they're doing. But with respect to what's happening, uh, this is Biden uh, for right now. That's the way it is. And I think that we have to have the reality that we're living in an interesting world. Would you like to call and join our conversation? This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. And the, the reality of it really is what I try to look for and I think we should look for all the time. You know, we don't always know. We don't have all the information. And we get into trouble when we state realities that aren't backed by facts or information. Uh, we have to make sure that we're, you know, saying it's our opinion. Our opinion is fine. Um, but it's interesting to me that in all of this and what's going on, something else that happened this week that I find uh, I find interesting, I think it's necessary, is President Biden is allowing for drilling in Alaska. I mean, do you know how long that has been a battle to drill in the petroleum reserve. We've called it the petroleum petroleum reserve for literally 100 years in Alaska. And because of different politics in the, the last 20 or 30 years, we have not allowed any drilling for oil. Even when uh, people were chanting, drill, baby, drill. Remember that? Nobody's doing it. And the Biden administration announced yesterday that it's going to approve ConocoPhillips Willow Oil Project, which is located in a portion of Alaska's North Slope, um, and uh, it's a it's a pretty big deal. It's a it is a campaign pledge break. This is uh, maybe uh, President Biden's read my lips moment. If you think about it, this is something that he said uh, during the 2020 campaign. I want to give him a chance to respond. Okay. And then we can come right, back. Let's stay on. We're, we're staying on this issue. Number one, no more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Ends. Number one. All right. So no more. But today he is doing that. This is uh, how it was uh, uh, reported. In the Biden administration has approved a controversial new oil venture in Alaska. It's been the point of contention for years. The approval is a victory for Alaska's bipartisan congressional delegation and a coalition of native Alaskans who say the drilling venture will bring them much-needed revenue and jobs in the remote region. Not everyone, though, is excited about this environmental activist already vowing to challenge this project in court. See, what I'm curious about is the other thing that happened recently is the brokering of a peace agreement between the Saudi Arabians and Iranians by China, that China is suddenly involved in the Middle East and negotiating peace between two countries that also Iran for sure, and you know most people think Saudi Arabia to a certain extent are our adversaries. And I think that there is, when I look at what's going on, and this is my opinion, but I try to find reality, right? There is a reality that I think China is an adversarial government to the United States. Russia is an adversarial government to the United States. Iran certainly is an adversarial government to the United States. I would put Saudi Arabia in that category, even though we have different kinds of relationships with that country. But it's a it's a, a country that does not share our values. It's a country that, you know, I think depends on us because we purchase so much oil from them. But if we weren't purchasing that oil... I wonder if we would have any kind of relationship with that. I kind of think not, is my thought. And when we take a look at the world, 
and how things are shifting around. We should be very concerned. We should be praying for our leaders because they have to get it right. It doesn't matter at the end of the day if I get it right, right? It's, you know, I would be gratefully wrong when I think about some of the darkest things I think could be going on. Um, I want leaders to do well, whoever they are. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. Penny in Canoga Park. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hello, Scott. How are you? I'm good, Penny. Um, How are I'm you? Calling. I'm fine, thank you. I'm calling because I want to say something. If Trump were president, these things would not be happening. People may not like him, but most of the world feared him. They don't fear us now. We are weak. And it's so sad that the greatest country on earth has is called weak, and we're not respected anymore. Well, that, there's certainly a there's certainly a reason. Like it's it's hard to know. Certainly, things would be different if Trump were still the president, um, but he's not. You know, kind of part of what uh, we have to deal with today is whether or not they would be different. Uh, oh, unfortunately, yes, know, unfortunately, that's true. Yeah, and not. he will be president in the next election, but that's far away. In the meantime, look at the problems we're having. When this man Biden walked into the United Nations and said. Thank you for allowing me to come. What in the world would you thank them for allowing you to come? We pay more money into the United <laughs> Nations than any nation on earth. I didn't know he said that. It's kind of a funny way of saying it, but you know. Uh, uh, you can yeah. look it up. You can yeah. see it. It's really sad. All right, Penny. Thank you for your call. And, uh, you know, it's um, it's it's an interesting conversation, I think, all of the things about what if Trump. And it's easy if you're Donald Trump to say things wouldn't be this way. But, you know, he's not there. We don't know how they would be. We have no idea. Um, what we do have an idea is that President Biden is the president and he just is. We have to hope he gets these things right. I'm talking about the oil thing here because I think it's significant. What I'm hoping is what I'm hoping is that the the uh the Biden administration is behind the scenes realizing the realities that are necessary with oil. And when we come back, I'll share a little bit with you on that, because whenever President Biden talks about or anybody else says um, we're not going to we're going to get rid of oil, we're going to stop using fossil fuels. And particularly when he says in the next 10 years, which he said again yesterday, that's just not possible. Uh, there are certain things that politicians say sometimes that are entirely political to satisfy some loud people on their side, but it's not possible that we're going to not be using oil. And I think that the reality of the president allowing this oil field to now be drilled on for the first time ever um, is a reflection of that reality that he's seeing. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. Kirk, I see your call. I'll get to you when we come back and other callers as the Tuesday edition of Southern California Live continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in the Biden administration? No, we would would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. I guarantee we're going to end fossil fuels. What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping new pipeline infrastructure? No more, no new fracking. I've argued against any more oil drilling or 
gasoline on federal lands. No one's going to build a coal-fired plant again, and we're going to get rid of the ones we have now. Have a transition from the oil industry, yes. Would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth, even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue-collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. That was President Biden uh, during the 2020 campaign promising to uh, basically get rid of fossil fuels and oil. But today uh, it's announced that we'll be drilling on the North Shore in Alaska in the strategic or in the oil preserve up there. Is it called the strategic? It's just it's an oil preserve, on, you know, different than a wildlife preserve. There's a wildlife preserve that's next door to it. If you see the pictures of the wildlife preserve, it looks like a place where wildlife would live. If you look at where the oil reserve is, it looks like that planet in Interstellar that was the bad guy's planet. If you ever saw that movie, just kind of desolate and icy and everything out there. We're talking about the realities, though. And what I want to get at here is is not, you know, the the politics of you know, a president who goes against a uh, campaign pledge, but really more about the the what, the reality behind it, that they're in something just for us to think about, not just in a political sense, but in the world, there is a reality of what is real and what we sometimes see. Reality will always come out. So I think that the reality is that we have to drill, that we are going to have to use our our oil. With everything that's going on in Europe, with Russia and Ukraine, with the Chinese government creating a peace agreement between Iran and Saudi Arabia, and those relationships happening, I think that there is a reality that says, even to the Biden administration that would like to go a different way, hey, you know, our, our plans and some things that we say, it's just not reality. Now, oil itself is is problematic because the whole idea that you're going to get rid of oil. Um, Gasoline, according to the International Energy Agency, the IEA, gasoline uh, represents about 23% of global oil demand. Everything else um, we still need. Plastics, for example. Uh, Everything around you, by the way, that's plastic, you're probably surrounded by plastic. You're probably, many of you are in your car right now. I'm sitting at a desk and I've got computer, computer screens, a desk, I'm surrounded by plastic. If you're in your car, you're surrounded by plastic. 13% of global oil demand is plastics. You can't have plastic. You can't have everything your car's made out of. You can't have everything you're surrounded by right now without fossil fuels. You just can't. In fact, the wind turbines and the solar panels are, are operated. Wind turbines require a lot of oil to run and to manufacture. And it takes about, the idea is that for your electric car, According to John Stossel and uh, somebody had on his show the other day, it takes 60,000 miles before you can start to sort of offset the just the carbon demands that it takes to make the cars, the electric cars. And that doesn't even talk about where the batteries go. There's environmental concerns constantly. There is just a reality. So, you know, in this case, when you hear a politician, the president say, oh, we're not going to have any oil and the oil is going to be gone in 10 years and, um, you know, all of this stuff, it can't be true unless we find a new way to manufacture the stuff that you're surrounded with. 888-528-2557. Let's go to Kirk in Rancho Santa Margarita. Welcome to Southern California Live. Scott, thanks for welcoming to your show. Yeah, I like this topic about uh, what just kind of occurred, and you mentioned it briefly, between Iran 
and obviously Saudi Arabia being brokered by China. Clearly, the geopolitics behind our energy situation in the United States is heavily influenced by all the energy inputs. It's completely unrealistic in my mind, based upon other people's studies, supposed experts, to say that we're going to meet America's growth and energy demand of the even the close future, the next 10 years, without keeping oil and gas in the mix. The reality is, is that you got to use everything, nuclear, oil, gas, uh, coal, whatever is available, and hopefully skew it towards something that's more environmental friendly uh, in the way that you use it or the way that you use that energy to produce other items downline in a manufacturing operation. But I I, I, it's just unrealistic to have any administration, both the right or left, say that you're going to get rid of this energy source completely. It's, it just doesn't seem feasible. The, I want to touch on the geopolitics because clearly okay. the rest of the world is pointing in a different direction than the United States, especially the so-called autocracies that are lining up together, trying to join together. They're, they're uh, building a, uh, a coalition, I guess you could say, uh, everything from militarily through intelligence, through spying, through stealing technology, um, to basically create their dictatorships to be impermeable. And, and they're doing that by with energy, just like you're saying. Uh, I, Saudi Arabia, I don't believe, is our friend. I think we kind of put up with it. And, yeah. you know, I, I think that people need to kind of wake up to what's really going on in the world and figure out that the United States uh, is really going to be standing on their own in this one. I think that you're right. That that And that last thing you said there, especially, that the United States is going to be standing on its own. You know, that's been a thought that has been around for a while. The idea that we are the, as Lincoln said, the last best hope you know, for freedom. I think that that's true. And it is a scary time. You know, it used to be if your if your country took away your freedom, you get on a boat and you go somewhere else and you took over somebody else's country or you did something right. But now until we go to mm-hmm. Mars, uh, that's not possible. And it is, it's a, I think that there are realities that we don't know all the details of, but I think for the church, Number one, we don't worry because the ultimate reality is that there is a spiritual reality, and that is that this life on earth and everything that we have um, is not going to work, that all of our governments, including ours, mm-hmm. are going to fail. That is, we have to, I think, maintain that as Christians who love our country, that this country is going to fail eventually. Well, we're all going to go through the tribulation, right? No one's going to escape this thing and be taken off to some futuristic uh, place in the sky. Well, and however you look at it, there's the still a reality of yeah. of yeah. that there will be a great failure of all the human institutions, and the only thing that will survive is the kingdom of God. Uh, yep. That is the reality that we have to embrace with that, and and to do that. And then the, the next step is, is to not be surprised at persecutions, to not be surprised that the world is in chaos, especially when the world doesn't want to face reality. Uh, for all kinds it's of things. It's already been written. It's already been written in the history that that's what's going to happen. And and we're certainly going that direction. And, and, you know, uh, man alone cannot uh, cannot think their way out of this. Right. It's going to be an impossibility. And that's why we need Jesus. I think it just uh, needs to be straightened out. Yep. Kirk, thank you very much for your call. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Donna in Covina, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, Scott. It's Donna. How are you? I'm good, Donna. I I agree with you that we need to deal 
in reality, yet unfortunately, we have people in this country that don't want to deal in reality. And now all of a sudden, they're starting to see things really start forming. I do believe there's going to be a big coalition between Russia and China, even though they may hate each other, they hate us more. And we've kind of ignored things all along. We've ignored um, our grid. I used to work for an uh, an energy company, and they found devices inside um, some of our um, part of our grids that were either of Russian or Chinese origin. And these devices could be turned on remotely to bring down our grid. So if there, there was some internal crisis, they could actually turn those on and bring down our grid. You know, the other thing is the FERC, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, um, wanted to, uh, you know, have more people. They wanted to stimulate uh, competition in our electrical market. And so rather than have kind of a quasi-monopoly, which is what we have like with Southern California Edison, it's kind of it's shareholder-owned, but we, you know, we, we report to commissions. Um they wanted to spur this competition. So what they did was they opened up portions of our grid to be built by other people. Well, what happens when those businesses fail? Who's going to look at the design of these things? Yeah, there's a lot you of know, problems. My, uh, my uh, sister yeah, works in uh, the even... uh, regulatory in the electric industry, and uh, she just is aghast. <laughs> And she's a she's a she's a it, higher up executive, so she's in the place, and she works with the the federal government, and uh, you know it's a mess uh, what's going on. And so there are there are realities. I appreciate your call, Donna, on on these things. You know there are realities all around us that we have to acknowledge, um, and sometimes we just don't know the you know what reality is. We have to be careful with the the theories about what what you know our adversaries may or may not be doing or different things that come out sometimes things are opinions sometimes things are 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 fact we we need to i think be real honest about what those things are in every opportunity that we have but also part of that honesty is that we have to assume that there are things we don't know and that we have true enemies i think we forget that when you forget that i mean even as a christian do you forget that that the devil is truly the enemy do you forget that there is uh, an enemy of God, who is the devil and his his folk, and uh, that they are trying to destroy you, that that is for real. That even though sometimes people say things that aren't really accurate relating to all those things, or they, you know, they blame the devil for maybe their own thing, and the blame, devil says, you know, I didn't have to help you at all with that. Uh, Jesus knows what's in our heart ultimately, but do we deny that there is a spiritual reality going on in our own lives, and in the purposes and things going on in this world, we can't do that. We have to acknowledge that reality and then look at the world through that lens and realize that um, there are some evil things that um, are going to come about. And that's been world history. That's not something that's all of a sudden. We are living in actually the greatest period of prosperity of any culture in the history of the world right now. The, the last, even with the, the wars that we've had and 9-11 and some terrible things, this is still an incredible period of prosperity. Even with our financial problems, the things we're worried about, it's unbelievable prosperity that we have right now. But just like that bank that went under yesterday uh, or Friday or whenever that went over under, um, things change. For the Christian, we've got to be, we've got to put our, our hands on the, the realities 
of this world and what our life is about and put our hope in Christ. And that's ultimately what I want to get through with, with this subject is that that is where our hope is. And as scary as this conversation is, it's not scary at all when you realize that there is a plan that's God's plan. And he's, you know, the plan of God and the purposes of the kingdom of God are not thwarted just because we might have leadership that's not doing a good job or because we have enemies in this world. i got to take a break. We'll get back to your calls. Martin, I see your call there. We'll get to your call as soon as we get back. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Southern California Live, Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. We're going to need fossil fuels for at least the next 10 years. It's not like tomorrow we can turn it all off. That was President Biden on uh, being interviewed by Comedy Central, uh, ironically enough. <laughs> and uh, he uh, says, and it's the second time he said this, 10 years. And people are a little baffled by that, especially because today he is allowing ConocoPhillips. Uh, he's probably being forced to, really, because they have a contract and they're getting ready to sue the administration and they will probably win. But allowing them to drill in Alaska. Let me tell you something. There's no oil company that would spend all the money getting ready to drill if we don't need fossil fuels anymore. That would make no sense, right? If if we're going to have if we're 10 years away, if in 2033 we don't need fossil fuels then uh, there would be no purpose in oil companies expanding at all. They should start trying to get into some other industry, right? That would be the reality. We're talking about reality on Southern California Live and just kind of how to deal with that. And that's something that, you know, I would like to think we're talking about it earlier in the context of the potential conflict that we might be having with in the future with China, Russia, and the agreements that China uh, fostered this week with Saudi Arabia and Iran. And, you know, we don't know what all of this means, but it doesn't seem like it's a good thing. I think then, you know, in light of all that, I think it is good that the Biden administration is going to allow drilling up there. They, you know, they added a whole bunch of how we're not going to drill in the Arctic Circle, you know, beyond that. Okay, we're not probably planning to do that anyway, but we, um, we're going to have to do it. And it doesn't mean that we should be against environmental concerns. We should be paying a lot of attention to that. And, you know, I think those things are okay to be worried about, but you got to have a balance. And as we mentioned before, oil is not just gasoline. 23% of world oil is used for gasoline. The rest of it is used for other fuels, but also for plastics, also for lots of products that are used and that are necessary in, in the medical uh, industry. I mean, go to the hospital. Just about everything they're sticking you with is plastic somewhere, right? All around you, the bags and the, the, the tubes and all of that. You need plastic, and all of that is, uh, is petroleum product, all of it. Everything in your car around you, petroleum. Everything around the desk I'm looking at, petroleum. Uh, it's just not real. And there's a discipline, I think, that we have to have, particularly if we're dealing with politics, but also in our, our own life, right, is that ultimately there is a reality, and that reality cannot be changed. It is what it is. I know there's philosophers who would like to say that you can change it, but you can't. And there is a spiritual reality behind everything, too, that either there is a God or there isn't, and then either that God has a plan of salvation, whatever salvation means, or or he doesn't, or it doesn't, or whatever you think God is. There is a spiritual reality, too. And I think it's crucial that we ask ourselves that question, because that's something for eternity. That, that goes uh, way beyond the short period of time that we have 
life here. If you want to join the conversation, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Martin and Gardena, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, short-time listener, first-time caller. And, All right. uh, Thanks, I, Martin. Yeah, no problem. I just want to share my opinion, you know, because, uh, you know, when Biden first came into uh, into office, uh, I was uh, rooting for him, uh, and I was sadly mistaken. Mm. And, uh, what did you hope he would things? do? Uh, you know what? I wasn't sure what he was going to do. Uh, I was assuming that he would have done a good job, but he didn't. My biggest issue with him about the oiling drilling was that uh, he uh, – Trump actually had that idea to, I don't know if you, if you all remember that time he had uh, tried to drill that pipeline through that Indian reservation land. Right. And uh, he, there was actually a bunch of people lining up for it. It was great jobs, great opportunities. I actually had a friend who was about going, his company was going to work on that line. And uh, mm. his, he was ready to be successful and everything. And once Biden came into office and that plan got shut down, he went through a great deal of trouble because of that. Yeah, and now it's kind of like, you know, you're kicking the country. I feel like the country's kicking itself on the butt on this deal because it's like you could have just done it and that would have been OK. You know, it's yeah, like, I, now you're going I, I read that that pipeline would have actually opened uh, this month and yeah. that, you know, it uh, some people thought, well, you canceled the pipeline and that's why we don't have oil, you know, independence. No, it wasn't open yet, but uh, it would have opened this month had it not been open. And, you know, there's there's things to consider, but there this is what I'm talking about is the, the reality. We have to have that with all of our politicians. I mean, Donald Trump pr- promised a wall that Mexico was going to pay for. That didn't happen either, right? <laughs> and sometimes yeah. sometimes there's, you know, reasons and opposition for why it doesn't happen. But sometimes you're making promises like – and that's what I think the president probably is doing with all of his drilling promises – is you're making promises to keep in line some group of people that has to do with your fundraising and your base support – even though you know the reality is I can't do that. Um, right, and right. It's quite upsetting, as you can see, especially, is, you know, uh, with, with the ending of Biden's term. You know, who knows? It would be like a, a, a bad interest to not finish the, the line in Alaska now because we do need it. And it will be uh, an extra step to continue the pipeline in the, in the reservation because it, I personally think it will be more spending, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, or uh, uh, using up the resources that we have instead of, you know, holding on to those for a later time when we really do need them. Yeah. And the concern that I would have is that if we aren't prepared for conflict, you know, one of the ways you Correct. prevent conflict, by the way, is you get prepared for it. Right. Correct. One of the best yeah. ways to not get in a fight is to be ready for that fight. And then you don't have the fight right. because the, it, it diminishes the other side's nerve to do something. But, if Correct. you know, yeah. it's the peace through strength idea. Um, you know, if, if it looks like we are going to be dependent on energy from other countries, and particularly if those countries are our adversaries, we're in some trouble. Now, they have, you know, the Chinese side of it, for example, they got problems too because we've got a lot of our manufacturing going over there. And if we if those companies leave, uh, that hurts China, right? So there's, there's a lot of back and forth, but uh, – and reality is on all sides. Appreciate your call, and thanks for uh, listening, Martin. Can, uh, can I send you a Southern California Live coffee mug? Sure. <laughs> all right. Hold on. Uh, I'm going to have Wilbur get your name and address, and we'll mail you uh, for being a first-time caller and listener, Southern California Live coffee mug. Thanks for listening. All right. 888-528-2557 is the number. You know, I'll end uh, with this idea. You know, in the, in the gospel of John, 
it opens with the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You know, the, the Word, you probably hear it, you know, sometimes when that's preached, somebody will say God is the, uh, the word, word is the word logos, or logos, it looks like the word logos in English, but it's logos or logos, you pronounce it in Greek. But I think that you get a lot more out of this passage when you realize that the Greek audience would have heard something, and you can read about logos in ancient Greek philosophers, right, your Aristotles and your Plato's and those guys. Okay. The reason we still talk about those guys is because what they discussed and what they wrote down is foundational for the same conversations that we have today philosophically. And so it was super important. And that was the conversation. What those guys talked about was the conversation of the day when Jesus was walking on this earth and when the apostles were out doing things. And when John is writing about the Logos to um, a Greco-Roman culture, that audience would have heard Logos and realized that what that means is not just the Word of God, as in the Scriptures, but it meant all that can be known. It meant the ultimate reality. That's kind of what philosophy is about, right, is to try to figure out what is the ultimate reality. You know, is there a God or not? And if there is, what do we do about it? And who are we? And what are we for? All those questions. Every type of existence question about reality that people have, the Greeks understood that as the logos, that there is an ultimate body of truth out there um, that we should be trying to grasp. And most of the Greeks would say, we're never going to get there. John, when he writes this, he says, no, we got there. And the logos, the ultimate of all reality is Jesus Christ. That's what that passage says, that the answer to every philosophical question that human beings are asking is Jesus Christ. Think about this. In the beginning was the Word or the Logos. In the beginning was everything there is. And everything there is was with God and, and was God. Every bit of knowledge, every bit of understanding, every bit of truth, that's what that says. And once you kind of grasp that and you realize the, the incredible, profound statement that John makes in the beginning of his gospel and what it would have meant to that early audience. It is an incredible statement. He's expounding on the idea that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Like all of those things. That's what the Logos is. My friends, there is reality. There is a reality, and there are part of that reality is that sometimes people say things that aren't true, also part of the reality is that sometimes people just are incorrect and they want it to be true, right? Um, we don't always know what that is, but somewhere there is a reality. Your faith and your hope need to be put in the one reality, Jesus Christ, that cannot be wrong, that cannot be false, who is not lying to you. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, without him, nothing was made that was made and in him is life and that life is the light of all mankind. That's the truth. All right, we'll be back for hour two. We're going to talk about some more reality next hour. This is Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.